Welcome to episode 18 of Take It Eevee, your Eevee listening podcast. I'm your co-host, Phil, joined by your host, Greg. And yes, I am back again. So, hi, Greg. Hello. Hello. So, <laughs> it's been a few months since I've been on, so episode 18. But the last episode I was on was episode 12, looking back at my previous introduction. So, uh, mm. you've been busy with uh, with guests and other shows? Yeah, it's been it's been quite a, quite a busy show. I, I was trying to get... Uh, Loads of people interviewed from different, you know, aspects of uh, of EV world, and uh, just share the uh, the things that are happening around their lives and their businesses with people, with listeners. What, what have you been up to yourself? Uh, well, uh, I think the last time I was on was just before we went into to lockdown. So obviously that's dominated everything that's been going on the last few months uh, for pretty much everyone. Uh, I've always worked from home anyway, and I believe you do most of the time. So hasn't been a major impact on my work but uh, I, I was traveling a lot as well before so that's obviously changed but I now seem to have a lot more stuff going on at home as well so uh, definitely keeping me busy but um, I can't really complain too much compared to what's going on out there. So how's it been for you? Apart from the um, you know trying to find some new clients or, um, or new work uh, since I've finished some of the work uh, during the lockdown um, it's, it, yeah, like you said, I've, I've been working mostly from home by choice uh, prior to the lockdown anyway. So, you know, the benefits are actually having having a wife at home. Uh, she's usually just sitting in the office next to me, basically occupying one of my other desks. Um, and not having to stress about travel and, you know, um, and all that jazz. Um, it's definitely freed us up from worrying about some things. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's amazing how much time is actually spent trying to negotiate, you know, who's going to pick up who from the station and uh, what we're going to do in the evening because the train is late or, or whatnot. Um, not having that is, is, is actually pretty good. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, well, we're going to get to some news later on, but the uh, not, much Ill, not much else has changed. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm interested to cover that. Oh, it seems we have a visitor. <laughs> I've got a, a story I want to tell as well because something happened uh, in that intervening time. I actually moved house at uh, end of last year. I may have mentioned that before. And uh, I won't go into this is quite a long story uh, leading up to that, which I won't bore you, bore you with, but. Suffice to say that it was actually quite stressful right up until the last minute. I think it was three days to go before our moving date and we still had an exchange contracts. So getting planned for having a, a charger fitted and uh, moving energy providers um, all sort of happened last minute in, in December. Got caught up in all the Christmas holidays. So we didn't actually get our charger fitted until, in fact, I think they, they fitted it in March just before we went into lockdown. So we were lucky in a way, but that was three months without a, a dedicated charge point. So we were doing the old, you know, training the charger through the window trick that actually we've been doing for over a year before that anyway. So that wasn't ideal, but it was, it was okay. Um, so we, we got our charger fitted and we actually went for the vehicle to grid solution from OVO. So this is a vehicle to grid trial. So free for us. Um, we do get, you know, some cash back 
uh, as we export back to the grid. It's not a lot. And I think it um, just about offsets how much more expensive OVO is than our previous provider. Um, but, you know, we wanted to give it a try. So uh, we had that installed. That also involved, um, we had to have a smart meter fitted, have our meter tails upgraded uh, so that we could have a, a fuse upgraded to um, to 100 amps. And um, yeah, we did all that. Got the charger fitted. That's been working fairly well as a charger. Um, although I'll come to that in a moment. In terms of exporting back to the grid, there has this thing called Kalusa mode. So Kalusa was the name of the, the sub company that actually runs the, the vehicle to grid trial. And they have an app. And you can see in there, you know, when it's importing to the car, when it's exporting back out. And the idea, of course, is to, you know, give it the best opportunity to pick the times that it's going to be cheaper to import and export and when you're going to get the most value, when the grid's going to get the most benefit. So we, we try to let it do that as much as possible. But the few weeks we had before the lockdown, we were taking the kids to school. Uh, that's when we hit our first problem. Not really a problem, just uh, something not ideal, which is that um, you in the app you can set it up to say, right, I want the the battery to be ready at a certain amount of charge by a certain time. You know, so typically people who are going to be commuting to work, they want it ready first thing in the morning. Uh, and that's true of us for the for the morning um, school run. So that was fine. Yeah, we set it to say, you know, I want 90, 95% or whatever battery. Trouble is, the, the school is now so far away since we've moved that by the time we've done the morning school run, uh, we, we could possibly do one more school run, but we don't like to chance it. So we need a bit more charge during the day before we can do the afternoon school run. So we really need that sort of ready time twice during the day, but the app only gives us the opportunity to do it once. Now you can put the, the charger in boost mode where it just acts like a normal dumb charger or reasonably smart charger. So it will just charge continuously without being in collusive mode. Uh, so we can do that, but of course then you're not getting the full benefit of the, the vehicle to grid experience. It's a minor thing, I suppose, but uh, but there is that. But then, no, that's the whole purpose of this being a trial, to find out these sorts of things. I have reported that back. They are apparently taking it into consideration, but I think I'm a bit of an outlier in that, so I'm not holding my breath. Apart from that, though, it's been uh, it's been pretty good. Um, I don't think we've really got as much out of it as, as I'd hoped, but that's probably mostly because we only have the, the 24 kilowatt hour Nissan Leaf, and it apparently really needs at least the 30 kilowatt hour to have the, uh, the the capacity to to really benefit from from those exports uh, you know we're, we're doing a little bit and participating in the trial uh, sorry you were saying something there no i said i said interesting because the um you know average british household i think uses about four to six kilowatts during the day um so you you'd think that uh, 24 kilowatt hour uh, storage would be fine even if you just use half of it that's uh that's you know two houses essentially worth of electricity yeah we're definitely seeing it i mean we're seeing some export credits on our bill uh unfortunately that the way it works is a little bit complicated and not fully represented on the bill because before you export to the grid obviously you export to the house so mm. some of the power that the house is using will be coming from the the battery 
but that's not really recorded anywhere, at least that's visible to us. So I believe Kaluza, who would now actually fold it back into OVO, I think, uh, they have that data. Um, but uh, when I emailed them to to ask if I can get a report, that they said that that's not something that they can make available. So I don't really know how much is being exported back into the house. And because we've only just moved in, we can't sort of look back over previous energy bills and, and try to make a, a guess at it either. So yeah. we're, we're a bit in the dark about that. So I only, only see what excess is then exported back to the grid. So that may just be the tip of the iceberg. Mm, interesting. I, uh, I, I should, uh, there's, there's another person that I know of who's got the same system. Um, the, the plug, plug seeker, uh, and, uh, I, I must ask him about that because the, it would be interesting actually to have, to have him and yourself on, on the, on the podcast together and talk about the, uh, uh, talk about the V2G experience as a separate thing. Cause he, he talked to me about it a while ago when it was brand new, like when it was just a, you know, initial trial. I'm, I'm sure there's more people now, uh, uh, with the, uh, the, that equipment installed in the UK who could, you know, contribute more data. Yeah, no, we should, we should do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, one, one thing, well, a couple of things actually stopped me from, uh, doing it. One of them was the fact that we knew, uh, that the, uh, we're not going to have a Chademo car as the next one. So, um, and you have to commit yourself to like a, you know, a couple of years of, of, um, of the trial time with them. So that's the downside. And obviously it's not their fault. It's the, uh, the fact that CCS as a standard, as a char- charging standard doesn't have the, um, the bi-directional component to it, just like Chadamo does. So you can't do a vehicle to grid, uh, on a CCS, uh, equipped car. Yeah. Yeah. I think you covered that quite well in the, the last episode. Yeah. And, and then the other reason is the, uh, they didn't have any, cause we have solar panels. They didn't have any integration with that. Um, so that was a bummer as well. Um, and I'm sure they're going to work it out cause you know, it just doesn't make any sense otherwise. Um, um, if, if somebody's got solar panel, you do want to store that energy as a first priority if possible during the day. Um, I mean, it's, it's a benefit to everybody, including, you know, the, uh, them cause they, 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 in the end, they don't, they just have to give you a little bit of money for it, but they, uh, they didn't cover the, the, the the cost of the installation of the solar panels. So it's a benefit to like everyone can benefit basically in, in that uh, scenario. So that, yeah, those, those are the two major reasons why we didn't get it. But, um, yeah. But yeah um, so we don't have solar panels yet, but that is the, the plan a bit longer term. And I believe when we, when we were looking into it by that time, they, they were saying that they did handle it, but okay. I didn't look into it too deeply. I think there were still some limitations but there's still time for them to uh, twine that out. Mm. Cool. Yeah, that sounds like a. Well, let's uh, let's see what how that uh, how that works out because the because uh, you're talking about plugging in your um, PHEV car um, to boost it up, right? Not not the Leaf. So the the vehicle to grid system is just for the Leaf. Okay. Um, it's a little bit murky whether you can actually use it for any other vehicle. Some places like absolutely not only for the Leaf or only for the vehicle that signed up with another place he said no no it's, it's fine um as far as i can tell when you're in calusa mode that is optimized for the vehicle that it's been registered for and is pot- potentially dangerous to to use with anything else at least to cover themselves i imagine uh, at, you know at worst it's not going to be very efficient um but in boost mode where it's acting pretty much like a 
a standard charger. Um, I believe you can use it with pretty much anything else that can take the uh, Chedimo uh, plug. So, so I should be able to use it with the, um, the PHEV. But so far I haven't. Uh, I've still just been trailing the, the cable out the window because my additional normal smart charger uh, hasn't been installed yet. That one did get pushed back to just after lockdown started. So um, still waiting for them to get back to me for, for a new installation date on that. But it hasn't been too much of a hassle because we haven't really been using the cars anyway. So I'm not too worried yet. We did have uh, one other problem though with the, with the vehicle to grid charger. And to be fair, put this into context, it is a trial. They they do so up front, you know, expect various things to not quite work as, as you would like and to be even without service for periods of time. We knew that going in, but uh, last week it just stopped working. So no warning, it just, you plug it in, the light comes on, but it doesn't charge. And so I did get back in touch with uh, Kaluza and after a few days, it took them to reply because I suspect they're down to a skeleton staff right now. Uh, they just suggested power cycling the whole thing, which involves turning off at the consumer unit. And it looks like there is no um, specific switch on the consumer unit that I can turn off. So I'm just going to have to turn the whole thing off. So I'm just waiting for a time when I can actually turn off the whole house and turn it back on again, just so I can isolate the uh, the vehicle to grid charger. Um, so I haven't done that yet. So I don't know whether it's going to be anything deeper or, or, or if that's all it needed. But that's the only problem we've had so far. And I say that's in keeping with what we were prepared for. So um, I'm okay with that. Uh, yeah, re reboot your house sounds like a, like an episode title. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. 2020. <laughs> now you have to reboot your house. Have you tried forcing an unexpected reboot? Ironically, if... Um, if I was living the traditional modern lifestyle, it wouldn't be so much of an issue because we would only have laptop computers, but my main machine is a desktop computer these days and I tend to have some long-running stuff going on there and I need to make sure I can turn that down. That's the main bottleneck. Oh, or that okay. and the kids watching TV. <laughs> well, just do it at night then, you know. Well, yeah, you would think. <laughs> Wake up super early in the morning, go to sleep anyway, so. In fact, maybe, maybe I'll try it now. If you don't hear from it, no, just kidding. <laughs> so that's my uh story of uh, vehicle to grid so far um not terribly exciting but um oh i should i should add actually one thing i didn't mention was obviously the, the background to all this is we have been in lockdown so we haven't been using the cars much so that that leaf has basically just been acting as a, a battery on wheels um you know we've made some small journeys in it but it's effectively just been there to act as a, a battery for the grid and for the house. So I was expecting to see uh, much more of an effect on the on the bill than, than we have done. So I'm not sure what that means yet. Maybe it just means that, um, as I say, being the 24 kilowatt hour leaf, it's not going to have as big an impact as one with a bigger battery. But um, I'm, I'm content that we are at least helping with the trial. Yeah, yeah. Um. So it, it is interesting and I think vehicle to grid is, is you know very much needed this is why I'm again surprised the CCS does not include the uh, the bi-directional protocol in their uh, specification I'm, I've heard that they uh, they will 
in the near future, uh, or like it's in the next draft or whatever. The um, unfortunately, like uh, many of these things, these uh, uh, standards are closed, so I you can't just uh, you know download the specification yourself and have a look at it. Um, you have to give them some money to do it, and that's a bit pants. But yeah. you know that's the way it is. Same thing with Chadimo. So fortunately, both my cars do have Chadimo, and my next um, change of cars is probably going to be the, the PHEV. So we're going to we'll keep the the leaf for the foreseeable future. So I'm okay with that for now. But yeah, look into the future even for me. Um, do look forward to to a time where everything is going to be much more standardised. But uh, that's the the price we pay as relatively early adopters. Uh, that is true. I um you know speaking of interviews that I've done. Um, in the last couple of episodes, I spoke to some people who know a little bit more about the charging than I do, and the um, they were throwing around different ideas, uh, in, including having an AC. Uh, so you, you're essentially the, your charger is basically a DC, uh, uh, AC DC charging unit, uh, kind of like your rapid charger at the uh, at the petrol station, um, or, or sorry, service station. Whereas the um, uh, you know, because the battery is obviously DC, uh, direct current, and in the house we have AC. Uh, but um, some people think that it might actually be beneficial to just have that built in the uh, built into the car, so the car will actually have the um, ability to just spew out uh, 240 volts uh, AC uh, for the benefit of of vehicles, vehicle vehicle to grid, because cars al- already have the um, uh, the AC to DC circuitry, and they do have the DC to AC circuitry because that that's what drives your uh, your motor in the in the car. So well, why not just uh, why not just have the vehicle to grids uh, that way? That's uh, a it's an interesting idea, and then that way um, you know any car could potentially have it. But I I still had well I don't know um, in in. In my opinion, the uh, the, the CCS uh, bi-directional standards should be, for the most part, uh, just a, um, a matter of upgrading software in the uh, in the cars. Because as soon as you turn on the uh, uh, the DC charging mode, essentially you're exposing the the battery terminals in your charger uh, port, so you can you know you have a big battery on the wheels basically. Uh, you just have to tell the car it's okay for the power to flow the other way. And I'm not sure if, if all cars out there actually measure that, you know, whether, whether the electricity flows one way or the other. I'm sure if you if you did the actual tests, uh, so you tell the car, oh, I'm going to charge the battery, and then you actually started taking the power off the uh, the battery, some of them would just be like, all right. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> who knows? Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I, I am probably wrong. It's probably the, uh, well, it's, I'm sure it's, it's a BMS's job to actually look after the battery. Yeah, uh, I'll leave that to other people to experiment with. <laughs> there, yeah, no, by no means I'm, I'm, I'm not telling people, um, you know, you try it, tell me, but it's, you just do it under, you know, uh, under your own, um, risk. Uh, I've, I, I don't take any, uh, any responsibility for this, um. Well, that's that's all I have to say about V2GM. You know, I think. Well, I've got I've got a lot more to say about it. Like, I think we we all have to have like V2G is just basically a a necessity for the future of the uh, electrified uh, uh, transportation. We just have to have it. 
yeah, well, at least at least while the cost of batteries is so high, obviously you can get the standalone uh, battery units. But um, that, if you've already got batteries just sitting there in your car that can play the same role, then then that's uh, definitely a way to tap into yeah. that. So uh, still transitional, I'd say, but for the for the foreseeable yeah, future. I, I think it's just, yeah, we, we have to have it, uh, you know, to balance the grid to make it smarter and all that. See, see, see. This is the uh, this is the this is going to be a new segment, you know. Uh, listeners, uh, brace yourself. So, and this is with my terrible English. Uh, a, a proton, an electron, and a neutron walk into a bar. The proton orders a shot, drinks it, then takes out his wallet and pays the bar, the bartender. The electron orders a shot, drinks it, then takes out his wallet and pays the bartender. Then the neutron orders a shot, drinks it, and then takes out his wallet. And the bartender stops him and says, wait, for you, no I charge. charge. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Of course, he could have paid with his <laughs> electron card. So I've heard Tesla's done a, a new new thing. They, uh, they've achieved something. Ah, now, now this is interesting. Yeah, so um, I saw this news earlier this week that uh, Tesla have uh, set a new EPA record. So uh, EPA, for those that don't know, is uh, icosapent enolic acid, which is an omega-3 fatty acid. So it's a new fuel type. Actually, that might be wrong. Uh, what, what is what is EPA anyway? European something something agency? I don't know. Uh, no, Environment Protection Agency, sorry. Putting you on the spot there. Basically, it's just a... Uh, uh, standardized way or step recognized way of saying what the mileage what the the range of a, an electric vehicle is and um doesn't necessarily reflect real world driving but it's one way that you can measure one one car's range against another and some of the uh, vehicles have been pushing that number up and up over the years and tesla have now set a new record of 402 miles, I believe. So beating their previous one by uh, 20%, which is quite something. That's on the, the Model S. So the new version of the Model S came out this year as a 402 mile range, according to uh, the EPA. Um, I believe that they were previously tested and it came in just under 400, uh, 396 or something like that. I didn't write it down. And um, Elon actually said that they uh, they didn't do it right. They'd left the door open and some keys in the ignition. Um, and it was all according to their logs that they, they said they're proof of. Um, I don't know. I only have Elon's word for it. But they've retested it and it's come out to pretty much exactly what he predicted. So uh, whichever way you look at it, I think that's good news. Uh, range is definitely something that... Um, I know you have different feelings on this, Greg, but uh, for a lot of people, that's definitely still a sticking point. So... Always good to see those numbers going up. Yeah, it, it, it is great. It's yeah, range is one of those things that um, is one. I don't know. Um, I don't think people care as much about it as they say they do. But it's a, it's a, it's a sort of, it's a worry that people have. You know, uh, everyone's afraid of of charging, um, and uh, and how long that that takes. So, yeah, having a car with you know four hundred mile range. That's great. Obviously, the trouble with all these EPA and such uh, 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 ratings is that uh, 
they're not actually discharging the they're not actually driving that distance they're, they're, they're you know i i don't know exactly what they're doing but they uh, there's there's a mixture of you know they, they drive basically around the track um at different speeds and uh the testing grounds have different bits to them so there's some bits that you drive up the hill for a certain distance and there's some bits where you drive you know you turn around quite a lot so there's sort of you know bendy bits basically um there there is a um there's a track like that in in the uk in millbrook i think is the place something like that it's somewhere in midlands uh if you if you look up uk test grounds or test test drive test grounds or something like that they um everyone tests their uh, their vehicles in there um, and you can actually, whenever they have an exhibition, you can actually drive on the bits of it yourself because that's where the car parking is. So you just, you, you know, as, just as a part of the experience, you basically just drive into the actual test grounds, which is, which is fun. You, you don't do, cause they, they, they have some bits that are, you know, um, cobbled a bit, uh, funny and, you know, to test the suspension and all that. So obviously you don't drive through that, but you drive through, a, through a stretches of the, uh, the track where you can actually open up the car if you want to. Um, so, so yeah, the, the, I don't know what the EPA cycle actually entails, but I don't think again that they, uh, they discharge the car properly. So if you, if you drive the car for two hours, say under different conditions, and then you leave it for five minutes with, um, with the, you know, the main battery running and the, the, uh, um, the, the, the heat pumps or whatever are running at full blast, that's going to take a bit of out of juice, a bit of juice out of the battery and that's going to impact the actual overall score so uh it doesn't surprise me that uh, people like tesla actually have a very close look at the uh the car that they handed over to the the people who do the, the actual test uh kind of makes sense um but yeah it's good it's good to know nonetheless actually uh that's a that's a nice transition for me to uh to to, to the next segment about physics um oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's something that um, a, a teacher at school I think told me um, when I was a when I was a wee boy um, uh, said to me that the uh, uh, there's only one law in the in the world and that's the law of physics. Everything else is uh, oh, there's only one law in the world that's enforceable uh, and that's the law of law of law of physics. And uh, funnily enough, Elon Musk actually tweeted uh, the other day. And uh, he said, physics is the law. Everything else is a recommendation. I couldn't agree more. And <laughs> it's funny that we, we, just, um, we just spoke about the EPA and, and the new record. And obviously, there's going to be loads of cars coming up from Tesla and, and I'm sure other manufacturers that uh, will try to beat that 400 mile mark because that's, you know, that's been for a long time, very long time, that's been like a... like a sort of a, a, a final frontier for the um for some of the naysayers or um or people who who were resisting e, uh, evs uh for a while and of of course like we're, we're talking about the top end uh, uh range-wise cars so they you know they're not the cheapest ones obviously but um you can get you can get cars now uh for the price of less than a range rover uh and those seem to be very popular um that can do, you know, 250 plus miles. So we're not far off yet. Anyway, um, so, so on the, on the subject of physics and the range, um, uh, you know, it's actually, uh, 
it's actually a good job that we, we were talking about both of those things. I um I had an exchange recently with somebody on Twitter, and the um and there was a you know talk about the uh, the Tesla's new EPA record, and also I I wanted to chip in because the uh, never mind that the uh, the car can do you know say four hundred miles, but people are afraid as well of the uh, or worried about the 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 recharge time, especially when they're on the on the road. And obviously we all do, you know, 400 miles every day, multiples of, especially on the weekends when we drive to Scotland and back. Uh, this is a, this is a joke, obviously. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I had, I had ever since the, the 400 mile sort of mark became close to being uh, something of, of, uh, of a, you know, possibility. Uh, I had some people telling me that actually they need about 700 to be comfortable EVs with EVs. And obviously every, every uh, week or every month, somebody who's new to EVs, especially, or the journalists who just start to cover it and want to have something positive, they, uh, they talk about this great new technology that just, uh, you know, somebody works in the lab and it's just a matter of years before it, uh, it, it, it reaches our, uh, our vehicles where we can drive, you know, 700 miles and charge the car in five minutes. So I, I just, you know, in, in line with, uh, with Elon Musk's tweet and my own experiences and me being an engineer, I thought, well, let's, let's, let's see, you know, let's calculate, let's just, let's just do the numbers, let's do the physics, right? And this isn't going to be too boring, but uh, so bear with me. But the um, for a car to do 700 miles, you'd need for a you know a car Tesla Model S range where it can do it's it's very um, it's very efficient. You need about 175 kilowatts uh, kilowatt hours. Sorry, battery pack. The uh, the uh, the one that can do 100 uh, 400 miles, I, th- I believe, has a hundred kilowatt hour uh, battery pack. Don't quote me on that. Uh, so, to charge a car with a hundred and seventy-five kilowatt hour battery pack in five minutes, uh, you would need to pump basically thirty-five kilowatt hours into that battery pack every minute. And I'm talking from zero to, or from one percent to, you know, ninety-nine percent. So the, the the charging speed would have to be uh, twenty-one. 100 uh, kilowatts that's uh 2.1 megawatts no gigawatts megawatts um <laughs> so let's just say because um where, where this actually where, where physics c- comes in um so when you when you turn up at your petrol uh, petrol i keep on saying petrol station play um the, at, at your service station or, or your your dc char- fast charger or rapid charger uh it will you know, there'll be a certain voltage and the, uh, and the amperage. So the current that actually goes into the car. And again, I had an episode about that, uh, if you're, uh, if you want to find out, but it's basically, you know, your, uh, how much water you, you pump through a, a pipe every second. Right. Um, so let's just be, so most cars these days have 400 volts battery packs, but let's be generous and say, this is going to be an 800 volts battery pack. So for, uh, for a, 2.1 megawatts average, so not a peak, but on average to pump that in. Let's just say again, be generous and say from the moment you plug in to the moment you, your car is fully charged, this is how much you're going to get as a constant, which will not happen. But obviously, let's just imagine that. That's um, 2,625 uh, 2, amps on 800 volts to achieve 2.1 megawatts 
just to put that in perspective, when you charge your um, your Nissan Leaf uh, with a or my Nissan Leaf with thirty kilowatt hour uh, battery pack, it kind of achieves a, a peak hundred and twenty uh, amps at four hundred volts. Uh, so you basically uh, have twenty times the uh, the amperage and twice the voltage. The voltage doesn't really matter that much, but the uh, to deliver that much twenty times more amps, you need basically a twenty times um, bigger pipe, essentially. So imagine the cable that w- it will take to deliver that power. I um, I had a bit of a thinking about it, you know, and and thought, well, there must be a way to do this, and obviously. When there's a will, there's a way. So in, in engineering, there's a very good, uh, the very and uh, it's a very good approach to problems that uh, that have a very big sort of scale, and that's to divide and conquer, right? So, um, to to splice it up. Mm-hmm. So you could have you know, ten cables, right, at the same time, or ten, yeah, ten ten wires essentially, uh, delivering each one of them 10th of the uh, this power and uh, and then have the battery pack divided because it's so massive. Uh, you could have smaller bits of that battery pack and uh, charge them individually, but you still end up with a humongous plug. Like it's literally, um, I don't know if anyone ever seen the uh, um, electric buses that have the uh, uh, recharging stations where you have like a massive plug just descending up on, on, on the roof of the, um, uh, uh, the bus. And charging it for a few minutes. Uh, that's uh, I think those charging uh, cables are five hundred uh, kilowatts. So imagine you know uh, five of those basically, or four of those to, uh, to to deliver that much power. Again, this is you know to, to charge the car in five minutes. Um, I I just don't see that happening. Um, I'm sorry, but you know. Um, and to end on a positive note. I don't think there are too many ice cars currently on the road that can do 700 miles um, on a single fill um, or single tank. Um, I know some manufacturers say that they can do a thousand, but I just, uh, I have my doubts. So, um, yeah, well, just like Elon says again, physics, physics is the law. Everything else is a recommendation. So I'm sorry, but uh, I don't think that's going to ever happen. And, doesn't have to. We don't need a car that recharges in five minutes. If you drive 700 miles or even 500 miles, you need to have a rest for a, for at least an hour to uh, to be safe on the road again. And if you have kids, Phil can tell you you're going to be you're going to have to stop much more often. Oh yes. So that got me thinking. Actually, now we may be able to kill two birds with one stone here. If you pardon the expression, but. Um, one of the problems I have with my Outlander PHEV is that unlike the Leaf, which has the, the charge point at the front of the car, which is perfect when I just drive in to the house and there's the charging uh, cable right in front of me, the um, the Outlander has it at the back, you know, where a traditional petrol cup would be. Which sort of makes sense, but for me that means I've got to reverse into a really awkward driveway to, to reverse the car up to the house before I can start charging it. But that's just my house, and other people have the opposite problem. So what if you had charging points at both ends? And you could use one or the other, or both at the same time for double the charging speed. There we go. 
Well, the um, I believe both Audi e-tron and um, Jaguar I-Pace. I'm not sure about the latter, but the uh, uh, Audi and uh, I'm sure have charging points on both sides of the car uh, for for convenience. But I think one of them is CCS and the other one is just AC. Right. But you know, there's nothing stopping them from putting uh, uh, the cable like the 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 big the beefy cable uh, on both sides of the car. Well, I should have to go back in time and patent that idea. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting sort of foresight on the Nissan's part um, to have the um, the charging port in the front of the car. Yeah, I think more often than not, that's more convenient. But I know some other people do have the opposite view. I mean, it forces certain styling on the car because you have to have enough space to um, to have that flap. But um, these days, most most other car- cars that I can think about um, also have the um, maybe not most, but I can think I, I can certainly think about a um, couple of cars that actually have the uh, the, uh, the charging port in the front. Um, one of them is going to be my new car. So you're getting a like, new car? Mm, I know. How smooth was this segue? <laughs> it's a segue. Um, <laughs> indeed. So, um, so we, we're getting a new car, um, and um, and my old car, my uh, thirty kilowatt hour Nissan Leaf, is going to be, or it, it is, up for sale. If you are, uh, you know, if you're interested in uh, in owning a piece of history, uh, um, you know, let get in touch. Uh, you know, techiev at gmail dot com. I can send you the details, but basically we've we've had a Nissan Leaf for uh, for four years now. Uh, it's done slightly over fifty thousand miles, just a smidge over. The uh, uh, it's been driven, you know, in many conditions and in many places in the UK. I've been to Wales. I've been to Scotland. Uh, they do go. They go. They they do go to Scotland from uh, from uh, from Kent. Is that your, you know, your daily um, Scottish commute? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it served, served as well, but the, but it's time to kind of move on and get something, uh, a bit more futuristic. So we had, we had our eyes out on a couple of cars. I was, um, I was kind of secretly hoping that Model Y will come to the UK by September. That's not going to happen. I know now I, uh, I was hoping they uh, they will ramp up the production and actually start manufacturing the the right hand drive, but obviously uh, we now know that they are going to be manufactured in Berlin, and that factory has just broke the ground. So obviously that's not going to happen for a while. Uh, our other choice was uh, ID three, um, and uh, it's it's been pushed back every every so often and. My biggest disappointment is the fact that uh, nobody's told us how much the um, the cost is going to be. Um, they say that this will be, you know, affordable car for the masses because it's Volkswagen. That's literally in their name. But I think that's going to happen down the line. However, the uh, the first generation of the cars is, uh, you know, going to be fairly expensive. And I've got to think against kind of doing the getting the first gen of, of anything because it's you know it's a bit of a bit of a, a shaky ground shall we yeah. say uh especially something like a car if you if you you know if you imagine spending 30 40 000 pounds on uh, uh on something that you know might not be perfect um i just 
yeah, I don't think I, I don't feel comfortable doing that. If I if it was uh, yeah, if it was a bit more wealthy or uh, if this was a second hand car or, or sec- sorry second car or um or if I was a famous YouTuber then maybe, uh, but otherwise, yeah, I can imagine there's going to be loads of uh, YouTube uh, new YouTube channels just like with, with Tesla, but the, yeah, with uh, uh, with the uh, VW ID three first gen. And um, you know, good luck to anyone who's who's going to get one. I uh, I applaud you. But the um, we so we've I I still have a deposit on one. So um, if anyone wants to get in front of the queue, get in touch again. Take your EV at gmail.com. Um, but we've also put a deposit on another car, and that is the Kia e Niro. Um, we've put a deposit on it just kind of. After driving it for for a week, I I I felt like the like this is sort of the the, the best middle ground, you know. Technically, it can do two hundred and eighty miles on a single charge, according to the EPA uh, test cycle. So that's not too bad. Uh, some people do more, some people do less, but you know, it's a it's a it's a not a, a bad uh, score. It's a fairly it shifts, I should say, basically. It's got 200 brake horsepower. It doesn't, you know, it's not a slouch. Um, it, uh, it's faster than my Nissan Leaf, basically, let's put it this way. And it's bigger. Um, so it's not a bad car that way. We, I've put a deposit on it in December last year, thinking, well, maybe, you know, if the, if the VW thing doesn't work out, let's just have, you know, let's just have uh, two bets um, on the thing. And But um, they actually came back much earlier uh, than we expected and by the time you're probably going to listen to this let me see it's 17th of uh, June at the moment as we're recording this on Wednesday Uh, on the 21st the car is going to arrive to the garage and I should be uh, receiving it towards the end of the month so you know somewhere at the the time between now and and by the time you're listening to it um, we might be actually uh, 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 getting a new car. Exciting. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, like I said, it was, it's not, it's not a Tesla. It doesn't, it doesn't blow your socks off. It's slightly cheaper than a, than a standard range model plus, uh, model three, uh, at about 35,000 pounds, um, compared to the standard, uh, the standard range model, uh, uh, standard range plus model three, by the time you actually get the car, you're uh, forty-one thousand uh, pounds off, um, basically. Um, they say that it's under thirty, uh, forty thousand, but it's by the time you get the delivery uh, charge, which is well over a thousand pounds, and other trinkets paid, uh, you're basically you're out of uh, forty-one grand. Um, so that's a bit high, uh, as far as I'm concerned. I was a bit disappointed by that. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that was another choice, but I don't know. I I do I like the idea of having not some something that's not too flashy, but actually that still delivers. That's my sort of you know, that's my comfortable ground. Um, and uh, and certainly Kia Enyro actually fits that bill. Um, you know, obviously I'll I, I will test it, put it through its paces, and see how it goes. Um, like properly. Uh, previously when I had the, uh, that car, I was, uh, I wasn't allowed to do more than a certain amount of miles within a week. So I couldn't 
do my uh, my usual uh, range tests and all that because that would you know by by the time you you uh, you uh, you deplete the battery you've done, already done two hundred and eighty miles at least in that car so um, that obviously restricts you uh, in terms of the uh, the testing. Don't know what else to say about it. Um, I mean, well, apart from the uh, apart from the, uh, the fact that I couldn't get a white interior or a bright interior, I'm I'm actually fairly very happy with uh, with that choice. Um, I've I kind of <clears throat> famously like my interiors to be bright. Uh, it's not everyone's cup of tea, uh, but uh, I just I you know I mean everyone complains about the. Uh, uh, the um the fact that you know it's, it's stains and and you can see every every dirt mark and to um to that all I can say is like good I like to see you know I like to see my car being dirty I like to see what I'm cleaning uh when, with a dark interior you just can't see your germs basically or other people's germs usually uh, well that's all the rage these days <laughs> <laughs> I should put a, a trigger warning in there. Um, but I, I've always been a, a germaphobe, so I, I, you know, I, I like to see the dirt. I like to know that I'm cleaning something um, or that something needs cleaning. And my uh, my car after after uh, doing fifty thousand miles is actually very clean uh, uh, inside. The only thing that actually you can see where the there's a wear is the uh, um, is the steering wheel. Obviously, it's the, the the driver's seat as well. But you know. It, it does no discoloration or anything like that. Even though I wear jeans pretty much ninety uh, percent of the time, uh, the uh, the only wear proper wear is is on the steering wheel. Um, but that's yeah, that's true for every car, I think. So I'm not sure if this is a great advert for your old car or it's going to put people off. I mean, it's, it's a famous car because it's my car. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, the uh, uh, you know, single owner, somebody who knows how to how to take care of the uh, ev yeah actually hmm. yeah i mean it's a nissan leaf so obviously uh nissans don't have any thermal management uh in terms of yeah thermal management 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 on the battery other than restricting the uh, the amount of uh power that uh, goes in or out of the battery there is no active cooling or heating of the battery unlike the uh, Kia Niro is again uh, pretty much, or virtually any other new EV out there will have uh, some sort of a form of uh, at least active cooling, if not uh, warming up of the battery. And um, as far as I know, Kia Niro has both. So there's a there's a loop in the 2020 model or my 20 as they call them. Um, the uh, there's an active cooling and heating loop on the on the battery pack and the the uh, you know other other bits of the car um, that obviously is a is a is a potential issue like anything you you get in in your, uh, in, your in any system that you design you know adding things obviously causes potential issues but um, so far I think Kia Niro has been introduced in 2018 the first deliveries have been in 2018 as far as I know there have not been any issues in the uh, the battery degradation has been minimal compared to to Nissan Leaf, which actually leads me to uh, to what I was just about to say. We've we've lost a bar recently on the on, the, on that car, so it's um, it's just past eighty five percent state of health uh, on the battery pack after fifty thousand miles, which is not too bad. Um, but that means basically that uh, there's a visual indication on the on the dashboard that tells you that the uh, 
the battery has 11 out of 12 bars. Well, that's Spinal Tap territory. If you can see, yeah, the numbers all go to 11. Look, right across the board. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, so it goes to 11 now. There you go. Exactly. Um, how's that for a How's that for a recommendation? <laughs> I mean, there are some people who have been selling their uh, Nissan Leafs 30 kilowatt hour with uh, 50 plus thousand miles and and they claim that the car has 90% state of health. I I do not trust that. Um, I, I, unless they've been driving 20 miles an hour around the block for the 50,000 miles. I just do not believe, um, you know, um, basically... If you buy a, a used Nissan Leaf, just be aware of the fact that people can trick the uh, the battery management system to thinking that the the car has or the battery is in a better state than it is, and um, and you know you buy such a car then and then find out after a month or, or a couple of weeks that the uh, the state of health dramatically goes down uh, if you just drive a little bit here and there, and you know you wouldn't you wouldn't get that from somebody like myself who's very upfront um, about the car. Anyway, if you find yourself a, a, a Nissan Leaf, just, just just let me know. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to seeing your new E-Nero when you get it and when we're allowed to see each other again. But um, I think uh, that's, that's probably a wrap for this week or this month. Yeah. How yeah. we count it these days. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, when we started this podcast, it was supposed to be by... Uh, bi-weekly by which i meant every two weeks um uh podcast which obviously that's not that's not that's not what happens uh we in the end uh, in the end we're just releasing one every month which you know we're trying our best to actually provide some content not just talk about the news so hopefully this won't won't uh uh, uh won't age too badly <laughs> i don't think so well i'll try and be back again soon Especially when I have more news to uh, to share. So in about six episodes, then that seems to be about the average. <laughs> um, I'll just add. Um, get great talking to you again, Greg, and we'll, we'll see you next time. It was good to uh, talk to you as well, and I hope hopefully we can do this again in less than uh, or fewer than six uh, episodes. All right, well, take it easy. Nice talking to you, Phil. Take it easy. Take it easy. The following was a presentation of Take It Easy podcast. All rights reserved. This podcast contains our own opinions. Hosts and guests make no guarantee to the accuracy, relevancy, completeness, and suitability of the information provided. All information provided on as-is basis. No refunds.